From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. I'm Justin. Yeah, I'm here Justin's too. Justin's <laughs> here today. And this is the best yeah. beer show on the internet. Yep. All right. You know, <laughs> yes. I'll come up with, uh, no, that, you won't. You've been the, saying that for three years. Okay, well, I'm not gonna then. <laughs> for four years, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. Well, how, old, how old is Hop now? Four. Four. Yeah, so it's been four years. Well, we have our our work anniversary. You and I coming up this month in February. We've been working together for five years, Justin and uh-huh. I. Aw, I know, right? Work anniversary. <laughs> What'd you get him? Uh, <laughs> oh, I, actually, I didn't get him anything. I, I got a copy of the Dave Grohl book that I'm going to lend him. <laughs> I got it. it was, it's for us. <laughs> Literally, I would. Anyway, we can talk about that off mic. Let's do the ad, please. All right, before we get to do here, uh, the American Home Brewers Association does a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops on select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the first link to the bottom of our homepage and join today. I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Half and Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to, be, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Brian, what have you been up to, man? Oh, not much. Um, so, so I wanted to address some some sad news that Vinzerstube is closing in Hudson, <sighs> the German. Yeah. This woman refused to put any other beer other than directly imported German beer on, which I always thought was awesome. I mean, you'd, sometimes you get some butter bombs um, here and there. Yeah. But I, that's one of the things I did uh, more, most, m- more recently anyway, was to hit that and have my last bit of Your schnitzel. Last yeah. Last stube, last giant liter mugs of beer. Um, rest in peace, Vinger Stube. Fifth best German restaurant in the country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best one in my heart. Yeah. Uh, so you got there too, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I made it uh, a week ago or so. Um, we went and it was, uh, I think I had two and a half liters of beer and yeah. uh, the Jager Schnitzel, which is just oh, the greatest the thing in the world. Dude, I wanted I wanted to note that, like, even though our, our Helles Lager is like, German yeast, German recipe, German tasting. Like, uh, she, still, she, no. She was like, no, no, it has it's to be. It's not from Germany, Brian. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> like, we have a Vienna lager. No. Is it from Maibach. Vienna? No. No, and she would. She she was a spicy uh, a spicy woman. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's a that's about it. And then you just went to Central Waters? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just got back from Central Waters, so I'm nursing a little bit of a hangover. Um, that's why there's no live uh, live stream today, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, this is kind of uh, thrown together a little bit. Oh, I'll take my shirt off again. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yes, it was the Central Waters anniversary party. I uh, do the annual thing. Um, go up, and it's uh, always a big barrel-aged stout. Um, this year was very good. Uh, we'll probably have some on DOO. Uh, so if you if you're interested in hearing what that or hearing tasting notes and stuff on that, we'll do that then. Um, and they also did a variant as well. It was a hey, um, <laughs> it was a coconut macaroon variant. All right, Justin, what have you been up to beer related? <laughs> I can't uh, wait to listen to this one. Uh, chop. It'll be like one of those takes where I should shut up and answer the question. <laughs> no, I got down to uh, Spring Valley. It'd been a little longer than I'd liked. Uh, the new Brett IPA went on tap. 
and I was very pleased with how Jason took that recipe and didn't tweak it much other than somehow it ended up hazy, which, of course... It is yeah, now. It's totally right. fine. I and that was one of your old recipes, is what you're getting at. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Like one of your old homebrew recipes is getting brewed on a big scale. That's always the, it's, it's very neat. Get yeah. old. Let me yep. tell you. It's very neat. Anything else, Justin? No, uh, I chime in the Windsor Stube stuff. Went down, had my last little farewells of Ma. I, mm. I'm going to brag, though. I got her list of German musicians and their phone numbers. Oh. So oh. <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> when did you go there? Oh, I stopped by after my haircut oh, last week. Oh, okay. I just got swung it, in it, on yeah, a Friday yeah. quick, and I, uh, yeah. Oh. I now have access to the authentic German musicians. Yeah, so then, <laughs> like, you can start booking a, a polka band for Oktoberfest two years from now because yeah. that's how far they're booked out. Yep, I believe it. <laughs> and polka is, uh, like, way too popular here. It's, uh, well, it's <laughs> like, a bunch of German immigrants moved to this yeah. area. Like, I'm, I'm like... Like r- real, like seventy five percent German. So I'm very German as well. Uh, there's a polka fest uh, every year in uh, Ellsworth. Oh, nice at the fairgrounds. And get you some cheese. Uh, yeah, get some cheese and go do some polka. <laughs> All right. Um. So we are going to do a commercial calibration because that's fun. Oh yeah. Uh, we have Rogue Dead Guy. Brian, so if you want to, yeah, I'm going to crack this bad boy open and also say that Justin was incredulous that this is a Maybach, and I was too when I found out it was. But so Rogue Dead Guy. This is one of those, like, gateway-ish craft beers, right? Absolutely. In, in my mind, anyway. And, uh, yeah, it's a freaking Maybach, guys. <laughs> I'd always figured it was, a, like, a, I'd never looked that closely. I figured it was a moldier yeah. red ale. I yeah. Didn't really. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, let's see, website. Uh, in the style of a German Maybach using our proprietary uh, Pac-Man yeast, Dead Guy is deep honey in color with multi aroma and a rich hearty flavor. Um, ingredients, uh, two-row C15 and Munich malts, uh, pearl and sterling hops, free-range coastal water, because, you know, I don't I don't like when my water's kept in cages. Um, Good Lord. <laughs> Pac-Man yeast. Does that so mean they, they don't put it through, like, a treatment system? So they just go to the ocean and... Just with some old with some old buckets? Right. Like, <laughs> hmm. I was cleaning buckets too scratched. Those are used for water. But yeah, let's talk about the Pac-Man yeast for a minute. Um, so it's a proprietary strain from Rogue, and they're in, what, Newport, Oregon. Um, so it, it's the origin's completely undisputed. It's it's what, Y-E-1764 PC, or just Rogue Pac-Man yeast. Um, they hooked up Y-Yeast with that strain, um, and they sell it as part of the private collection. So this is something, and this is another thing I find really neat, is that you can use... As a home brewer, you can use all these strains that all these other breweries use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, their description of the color is pretty yeah. spot on. I was going like, to say that description's as spot on as I've ever seen a brewery <laughs> description for <laughs> Well, like, look, man. I, I want to say something about it, but it's like, no. they that, that I mean, flavor-wise, like, there's massive toffee notes. Which like, I think is interesting, though. Everything about this is Maybach by the book, except the yeast, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a Northwest strain. Yeah. But other than that, this is... It's still a fat, like, lagery flavor to it mm-hmm. something weird maybe i'm just getting older in my styles but i like it better knowing it's a maybach than than the amorphous than, thing i thought it was before yeah yeah actually that there's something to that psychologically well, i appreciate it a little more now it. i'm like oh yeah this is a really good maybach it, it fits it fits better like in in your head like well, I'm not those, gonna, those flavors kind of like lock in I, you're like oh I yeah was, i was at the liquor store gonna grab a beer for our next podcast 
and it was in my hand to get for <laughs> ours anyway. And I did what I usually do. When I see this beer, I'm like, oh, this is a really good one. And then I think, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a little too malty. I want something a little different. But now knowing it's in my box, I'm like, oh, right. no. I'm That's some cool packaging, too. Um, always, yeah. Always and like, and like you were that. saying, like it's one of the, like, the OG craft beers. Yeah. Like It is. Like, to, to think about like the first couple like craft beers that I would sit and drink and and be like, this is, I'm, I feel really cool. I'm drinking craft beer. And one of them was a freaking amber ale, and this one is a Maybach. So just to give you an idea of what craft beer used to look like in, like, 2005. <laughs> I, I had a, a distinct memory of this one at what's now Haskell's in Stillwater, mm-hmm. going in there to, to stare at the cooler for a while and yeah. figure out what I was going to get. And someone who was at, at much more knowledgeable about craft beer at the time, I'm, I'm looking through the, the warm shelf and kind of eyeing this one. He's like, oh, I don't know. you got to really be into craft beer to like this one. <laughs> And like, then he wow, sold you a 22 ounce yeah, bomber yeah, of did. it, right? Yep. Yeah. Because, guys, remember bombers? Weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that used to be a thing. <laughs> uh, well, and like Rogue is, uh, they're, they're insane in Oregon. Like, uh, I think Portland has four Rogue bars alone. Yeah. Like, well, I was saying that the I had, that's when I discovered this was a Maybach, was I was at one of their public houses in San Francisco um, a billion years ago um, and had seen this one there. All right. Phenomenal beer. Yeah. Go find some. I, I'm pretty sure it's worldwide at this point, um, or at least, like, I know, I know I've know i seen it in liquor store or bottle shops in um, in England, so. Cool. Send us a message. Let us know. Yeah. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about draft systems. Um, it's, it's as, as a home brewer, setting up your first draft system um, and getting away from the god-awful thing that's bottling is, uh, is, is like, it's a rite of passage. And also, like, you're, the one thing where you're like, why the hell didn't I do this sooner? Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. Um, and there, there's a few different ways of doing it, um, and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, but I, so I currently have a draft system. Justin, you had one as a home brewer? Yes, I sure did. And Brian, did you or did you? Oh, bottle? yeah, okay. definitely. Well, I did both, but I... Um, and we were talking about this off mic, but Justin had like 12, you could fit 12 sixtals in that cooler. Yeah. And now that is our hop cooler yep. at the brewery. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, I was going to say too, just, just to know, like real quickly, like if, if, if you're brand spanking new and you're just listening, like, you know, um, draft beer is served from a tap and a keg as opposed to anything that's poured from a bottle or a can. Um, the word draft, D-R-A-F-T, and the word D-R-A-U-G-H-T, no difference. Same thing. Okay? Which is very irritating. Yeah, well, draft, A-F-T is more common in North America. Drought or draft is UK, Europe, Australia, etc. Um, you'll see, you'll occasionally see American brands um, use that spelling. Use that, well, but when they're referring to beers imported from Europe. Um, and then some people use it in America to, to be cute, like pubs, beer halls, etc. So, but there's a lot of different ways to get draft beer from, you know, kegged glass. Um, you can, uh, you can dispense systems with CO2, um, nitrogen gas blend, or just straight CO2, like at the brewery or m- like most, um, fancier higher end spots. Um, you'll have like a little nitrogen generator next to your cooler box and that'll be a gas mix, but that's getting a little complicated off the, yeah. Well, and there's uh, so I guess is there is there any reason to do um, like beer gas like or like a blended mix if you're not using a no. nitro stout like no. Nope. yeah no if you if you <clears throat> if you don't ha- also have a nitro line that's just kind of over the top yeah. but in any case I think one one good way or probably the best way is to build buy or build yourself a kegerator 
Um, there's there's a lot of like kits out there. Um, so if you're looking like for a permanent solution, you buy a little refrigerator, drill a hole in it. Um, uh, be careful drilling a hole in a refrigerator. Yeah. Well, here, I mean, you're talking drilling the hole for the for the draft system. I mean, you yeah. can run everything. Or a temp probe. You can also buy a pre-made kegerator. You can. I I think what I did with mine to get around that, because I didn't, the thought of doing that when I started researching these was a little more than I wanted to take off. So Mm -hmm. even when I had 12 kegs running off, I mean, to to explain what my system was, you can picture it. It was a CO2 tank, which I would recommend anyone who does this to get a food-grade CO2. Uh, You don't want to go to your usual welding place. It's not as pure. You can get a little oil in your beer. Get food-grade CO2. Then I split that into two different manifolds. A four manifold, um, you know, and a manifold is simply a metal bar with a bunch of different uh, lines on it. So you can run the CO2 into one of these manifolds and then split it into four, eight, whatever, however mm-hmm. it's made. So I had an eight and a four manifold, each going to a different keg. And then I just served off picnic taps. Uh, what's a picking tap? Picnic tap is a short... Uh, line of tubing that fits onto the outpost on your pony keg, and then it has one of those little plastic things that you'd see at picnics or or, or, or college parties or, or where you yeah. yeah I think there's probably a better name, but they are largely. I think, that's what I think they yeah. actually are called picnic. I can't tabs, think of right? any other name than picnic tap. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's what I ran versus cutting through, and I did a keezer. Um. One, it's a little more efficient because the cold air sinks. So instead of fighting that with a refrigerator. Uh, you get a chest freezer of whatever size, and the only thing is just making sure when you purchase it that you have enough height so you don't have to build a um, collar, collar, which yeah. is an option. Collars, uh, mm, two by four, and some some yep. silicone. I used collar. a uh, two by six mm. um, because I like the extra height, um, yep. and then uh, put the taps in that. Yep. And the collar fully to explain is is if there's not enough space, you disconnect the the lid or door um, from its its attachment yeah. to the back and then you'd add on that little extra space with a two by fours if you uh if, if you hit the um the blind studios facebook page and kind of look through our photos um there's some old uh old pictures of the stu- of the old studio um and you can see our um our kegerator in the background there and to run one of these freezers uh the, the only th- real other investment you have to buy is i think it's about 80 bucks one of those uh, microstar i can't think of the actual name right now but it's a temperature control device that works by plugging into the power source for the keyser or kegerator, mm-hmm. and a temperature probe go, go temperature probe goes into the um, the main chamber. Yep. And all it does is your freezer keeps running at ten degrees or zero degrees, but once that probe hits thirty degrees, it kills the power. So the freezer doesn't really know the difference. There's no reprogramming. It's just cutting or cycling the power as it needs to maintain that temperature. Yep. Uh, which. Um, something you should know if you're if you're looking at like what to do or where you're going, uh, going the freezer route or the keyser route. Um, I burned out two compressors um, <laughs> because like it it's not good for the freezer for that to be cutting in and out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just just kind of keep that in mind. So find a, a cold basement room. You don't want that in yeah. a. a- Garage that can get yeah. warmer and be and that's and that's it. that's the only uh, that, that's one of the big pluses of a fridge is like, I think it's really the only plus of the fridge is it's not going in and out like that because a freezer you're always going to have more room You'd, like it's just going to be uh, like it's better for more beers yeah because like my fridge I can only fit two kegs in mm-hmm. yeah I mean you can <clears throat> you can buy individual parts and build 
the system or they're obviously Northern Brewer is going to have some crazy handy dandy kit. Mm -hmm. Um, They probably have some sweet videos that you can watch. Um, Yeah. And then if you are going to do any drilling, drill in the door or the lid Mm -hmm. because there are no coolant lines there. Yeah. Um, That is like you can technically drill through like the sides and the top or whatever. um, And miss the coolant line. But as soon as you nick a coolant line, it's done. Yep. Like there's no fixing that. Um, and so, yeah, just don't don't worry. Don't do that. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, a draft system, uh, we've talked a little bit. So you have you have a tank, you have the manifold, like you have all these lines. Um, what about so if you're doing like a um, like more of like a traditional like bar tap, you have um, like your your metal tap and you're your gonna, shanks. Yeah, you need uh, faucet, faucet handle. Uh, you're gonna need the beer tower. Um, dri- <laughs> I'm gonna mention it. Drip tray, very important because <laughs> yeah. you you start foaming. I mean, drip tray. Um, you're gonna need a a regulator. Uh, you're gonna need some airline, or well, I should say gas line, CO2, um, and beer line, and beer line. Yep, uh, coupler. Uh, whatever that looks like, if it's a Sankey or it depends on what you're, what you're packaging in or, you know, the post setups for, um, the, probably ball or pin lock, ball or pin lock, if yep. you're a home brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make it pretty obvious, I think, uh, as to which, which end needs gas and which is, which one's gas in and which one's beer out. Uh, oh, on the, on the kegs? Yeah. Yeah, like, well, it's, it usually n- says in and out on it. Usually it says in and out, and there's a notch on the um, the post, too, so. But there's not, I had no idea about the notch. Yeah, really? Notch. It, it's straight up, no uh, idea. Yeah, the posts are usually designed different on each yeah. one. So. Well, yeah, yeah, like, you, you can't, you can't put, you can't put the uh, the beer one on the gas one. You can if you really try. If you, yeah, you sure can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've done that. Uh, <laughs> you get real frustrated and force it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, especially if you've had a few and you're trying to switch the keg, and yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, "Why is no beer? Oh shit!" <laughs> and then you and you hear like like as soon as you get the gas one on the beer one, you hear the bubble come out, and you're like, "Oh no." <laughs> and you flip that off real quick. So you <laughs> yeah, homebrew horror stories. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as like, oh, how many how many kegs can I jam into this refrigerator? I mean, make you know, you're gonna have to make measurements. Yeah. You'll you'll be able to, you know, if you've got the cornies already, you can measure them. Um, make like a little template, bring it to Menards or Home Depot or whatever, mm-hmm. and like lay them down mm-hmm. in the ke- in the yeah. in the freezer to see how many you can fit. Yep. Plan ahead on that. So that's so the the equipment itself is kind of the easy part with um, with a draft system. Mm-hmm. Like once you have it, like it all kind of makes sense. Um, one thing that I always ran, like especially when I first started, was um, I saw a lot of conflicting advice online uh, talking about line lengths, line di- like line diameter, um, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, your your beer lines, the three sixteenth ID is the best, and then um, why do I keep saying airline? CO two line, because you're, you're not it's not air involved in any of this ever. Five uh, sixteenth ID for your your gas line, and generally that's coded red for CO two uh, and blue for nitro. And anything clear is going to actually be like just the the regular beer line. Can you use clear tubing for all of that? Yes, but do you want to mix that up? No. 
Um, so that's kind of where we're at with yeah. that. Um, and then, so line length. So mm-hmm. talking about like that versus the pressure, like so I guess balancing your draft system. Yeah, I, I mean, I generally say as short as possible. As short as possible. But we're we're at such a size with something like this that if you're just pouring off the side of a refrigerator or using picnic taps, it's not going to be that much that it, it's going to be a problem. You're not you're not dealing with like a ten foot rise to the next floor, mm-hmm. or you know, like, it's usually <laughs> like a fifteen foot rise or hundreds of feet away. I mean, you can, but then obviously, you know. Yeah, so yeah. put it this way. If you're Increase if you're pressure. doing a chamber system and you're putting your lines in a trunk and you're setting up your your basement or house setup like that, then yeah, you'll want to look at some calculations for how much pressure and what size hosing you need. But a lot of that can be offset by just saying, this is the length of hose I have, this is the diameter, and then you just play with the pressure on the CO2 more than playing with the line. You, you yeah, good idea to start low and remember that the shorter it is the less pressure it's going to need. Now we're talking probably not in excess of about 3 PSI in something as short as this, wouldn't you say? 3 to 5, maybe? Yeah. Maybe even less. Probably less. And It just sort of depends. And then, I mean, if you if you get into something that has um, multiple manifolds, you could always add the little extra cost, but it would probably be a big headache saver of putting an extra regulator on each manifold. Yeah. Because, you know, something with eight lines feeding off, it's going to need a little more pressure going in yeah. to feed all those different... Yeah. It's going to take some tinkering. Well, and different, uh, like, different beers can be served at different pressures. And and you can get into that then with different manifolds mm-hmm. and uh, regulators. So, I mean, you can start really throwing in that extra equipment to fine-tune all that, too, if you want to go that route. Right. Um, and then I think uh, one, one uh, last thing that would be really good to talk about is the other benefit of having a draft or like a draft system is forced carbonation. Yep. Um, so for, so when you, when you first start brewing, it's, you know, you put everything in the bottling bucket, you add your, sh- you add some sugar in and like it carbonates that way with a draft system, you can just basically, uh, well, force carbonate or inject CO2 into the beer. And there's mm-hmm. a few ways of doing it. One, you can like force carbonate over time. So you set it at, what is it like, I want to say it's like 15 uh, or like 30 PSI. And then that's a, wow, it, that's an old memory to think about. Yes. Yeah, that, that works. That might take a little tinkering too, especially <laughs> since the next thing you're, you're going to do is sit there and rock the keg back. Well, so you don't have to though. So if you, if you, if you just set it at like, I think it's, it's like 15. And just leave it um, overnight. Kind and of well, yeah, and you, you can, you can leave it for 24 hours and then it'll do it. Or you can do the fast carbonation yeah. where you just crank it up to like 30, 35 yeah, yeah. PSI and then shake the hell out of it. Sadly, I have had to, to do that on a professional level many, <laughs> many times. Yeah. Not ideal, but that's how she goes. Um, and then, yeah, and then you have perfectly carbonated beer. It, well, perfectly carbonated beer <laughs> in a in a short amount of time. And that's that's the reason I had two manifolds in my mind. I or In my old system, I had the short one for force carving, and then I'd move them to the other side for serving. Oh, nice. Okay. So I had the eight for kind of serving, and then I had the other four for slow force carbs or, you know, if the others were filled up. So it was mm-hmm. rarely 12 at a time, but that was why I had it split. That makes sense. Like, yeah. And then um, the number of kegs that you need is always one more than you have. Um. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it's also good to have some spare parts available. Um, you've got some really small little mechanical things going if you're using well any keg really. Like the the posts on corny kegs are. It's real easy to get them gummed up, especially with really hoppy beers yeah. if there's some sediment in there. And make sure you have extra O rings and keg lube and mm-hmm. yeah. if you're dry hopping in the keg, make sure you're using a muslin bag because. It'll get stuck in your yeah. post. Um, and then you can also look at things. Uh, there's new things like um, like the floating dip tube. Um, so you're pulling off the top of the keg instead of the mm-hmm. bottom because uh, like you're you're gonna end up with sediment. So like it's kind of rule of thumb. The first pint or two um, is junk, junk, and you just dump it, and then then you have the rest. Or you or you you drink your yeasty beer. Uh, and <laughs> that's the thing now, right? And and get your is, uh, get, get your beer toots mm-hmm. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 the thing that happens. Like That's the homebrew toots are real. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to add about draft systems? No. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blinderstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blinderstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blinderscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.